Can we have our, our reading on the screen? This is what Chris offered to read for me. Because <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. Grace and peace, do you know, whenever Paul talks about grace and peace, he always puts them in that order because grace is the foundation and peace is the result. And God's grace is, is usually defined as undeserved favour, something like that. It's a, it's a free gift from God. It's something that can't be earned. It's freely given to us. And it is only by and after his grace that we can enjoy his peace. Now, I did um, send a slide. I don't know if we can put the slide on the screen. Isn't that good? <laughs> no grace, no peace. No grace, no peace. And I thought that was really lovely. But actually, I'm not going to be talking about what grace is this morning. I just thought that was, that was really profound. The title for this morning is actually Speaking from Authority. Um, and that, that verse, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul writes those words, it's not simply a platitude. It's not something that rolls off the tongue or rolls off the pen in his case without really thinking about it. When, when our kids were little, we had, well, we had some lovely babysitters. And we, we had one that would always say to them, night, night, God bless, which is, which is lovely, really lovely. But, but on another level, it sort of didn't have a lot of meaning because it, it, it did, the brain wasn't particularly engaged. It was just an expression. And, and I think we can all do that. We can all think of examples where we kind of say stuff that has this beautiful meaning but we don't really think about what we're saying. But our passage isn't like that. That's, that's not what Paul was doing. Paul knows and means exactly what he's saying when he says grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he knows and means what he's saying because he knows who he is and he knows whose he is. He knows that he carries God-given authority because what he's doing is effectively speaking on God's behalf, isn't he? Grace and peace from God to you. And I know that those of us who preach, you've heard us say this thousands of times, but it's, it's worth saying again. From the moment we gave our lives to Jesus, everything we could possibly need to live a life exactly like Jesus did was given to us. It was set within us. And... I think we forget that. Even though we might know it here, our hearts, my heart forgets that sometimes. We are now in Christ. We have a new God-given identity as children of God. And everything that belongs to Jesus is imparted to us from that moment of salvation. But the problem is we don't always live like it because we don't believe it or we forget it. Paul knew that. When he wrote those words, he knew that, absolutely. He knew that the resurrection life of Jesus flowed through him. The resurrection life of Jesus flows through me, it flows through you. And that's how Paul was able to write that, 
from God, as if from God, because he absolutely knew his, his real identity as a son of the living God. And I know there will be there will be plenty of people around us who have a problem with that, who, who will say that it's arrogant or presumptuous to even think we can speak on behalf of the Lord. And interestingly, I think sometimes it's other Christians who have a bigger problem with that. More, more so than unbelievers sometimes. But it stems from not really knowing who they are or who we are. When I, when I first became a Christian, some of you know this, I, someone who, who was very close to me and someone who'd been in church for years and years and years actually said to me, how dare you suggest you know what God thinks? Literally, how dare you be so arrogant, so presumptuous? But it's not presumptuous, you know? It really isn't. And I hope we all know that. Every time we share a prophetic word or we listen for revelation in a prayer appointment, we're sharing what we believe the Lord himself is saying. It's not arrogant. It's part of, it's part of being a child of God. It's part of being born again. Because of who, who we are, because of who we belong to, our words really do carry power and authority. That's why our prayer is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And God has put every single one of us into situations where he wants us to be the agents of change in that situation because of what we carry, because of the authority that we carry, because we belong to Jesus. But I'm aware that, that many of us do struggle to accept that we carry that level of authority because it is very countercultural, especially in our culture. And the, the last thing we want to do is come across as proud or to come across as overconfident. Some of you know that on sabbatical, Laurie has been writing, is still writing. And I'm going to quote from something that Laurie's written because I think it's absolutely brilliant because I think it sums up the problem most of us face. This is what you wrote. <laughs> the British culture militates against this confidence. There is a surface confidence, an upper-class bravado or a working-class aggressiveness. But just below the surface is a deeply self-effacing insignificance and insecurity. Being comfortable in their own skin, as portrayed by Americans or Australians, is viewed as pushiness or cockiness by many Brits. But a simple, genuine confidence in our identity should be a kingdom norm. It's so true. How often do we look at other cultures and see them as pushy or overconfident and see it as arrogance? There is something in our culture that pushes us down and we are called to stand against that because we have an extraordinary identity, an extraordinary authority and we are supposed to be the agents of change. I really recognise that, that um, statement from Laurie. But I, I also believe that God in his love is training all of us to rise up in our real identity. 
And many of us have come a long way in that. Because the reality is, you and I have already been exalted to a remarkable place of, of influence and authority. Already. Even if we don't believe it, it's still a fact. And if we know that, then we can't just know it and not do anything with it and file it away as a piece of head knowledge. We need to start to walk in it. We can't, we can't go through life knowing that we're children of God, going, oh, I can't change anything, I'm, you know, and being ever so, ever so humble. It doesn't work. That's not who God designed us to be. We're not like little mice. We're lions. We're sinners saved by grace. We are anointed by the lion. That's, that's us at St. Leonard's, who that, that's who we're called to be, lion-hearted, a lion-hearted people of God. We are allowed to partner with the Lord. That's where Paul's coming from when he, he wrote those words. Partnering with the Lord to release his will into our lives, into the lives of our families and friends and our community, our workplace. We need to release what God has imparted to us. because, And we can because we're supernatural. Well, you've heard us say that a million times. We are supernatural. And it's not just something for the really wacky Christians. Well, actually, I hope we are all really wacky Christians. Our society is becoming increasingly anti-Christian. And I really believe we're seeing much more persecution of Christians, even if at the moment it's just in the press. Laurie sent me an article that he'd found front page or near enough on the BBC website. Was bigging... I can't remember the title, but it was basically bigging up Satanists and saying they're not so bad and evangelical Christians are cultish. I mean, how shocking is that? And actually, that's awful. And we have to stand against that. Being, being raised with Christ means that our, our nature is fundamentally changed. And the first thing we need to do is acknowledge that that's true and acknowledge that that comes with implications. Because if we deny that, we are denying the word of God set down for us in Scripture. Every single one of us has a unique God-given identity, a unique God-given purpose, unique characteristics that God wants to use to change the world. And that's, they're big words, but they are true. <laughs> because once we can begin to understand and take hold of the implications of what it means to be, to be raised with Christ, then we can learn to live the, the life that God intends for us. We know, don't we? We know the verse of Scripture that says... We are more than conquerors. It's true. We're more than conquerors. And it's, I think it's so sad that so many Christians who are clearly born again, especially in our hyper-rational 21st century Western culture, still struggle so much with the things we don't need to struggle with. We all have struggles. Of course we do. But some of the things we struggle with we don't need to if we know who we are and whose we are. And it, it has for years and years, ever since I became a Christian, it still makes me angry that so much of the, the church in our culture teaches us to be religious 
rather than teaching us to how to change the world. And I know that sounds corny, but it's true. And I don't think religion is going to get us anywhere. And that's what the media sees. It sees the religion, the, the form without power. And it's so sad. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. We all know that verse. But do we live that verse? I hope, I hope we're trying to and I hope we do in part, but there's further to go. Intellectually, we know we're saved. We know that means we belong to Jesus. But when we don't feel very different, we live according to how we feel rather than what the Bible says. And so we start to believe the, the lie that we're not very useful to God because we feel a bit useless. We feel a bit powerless. And if we still feel lost, we will continue to live as though we're lost rather than living in the assurance that, that God has given to us that our eternal life is absolutely guaranteed beyond doubt. And to walk in the confidence to exercise the authority that we've been given. My prayer is that we do that. That we learn day by day to walk in the confidence of the authority that God has given to us. And it's a, we're all works in progress. And we're not suddenly going to jump from here to here. And we are all on a journey. But I think we need to be intentional about the walk that we're on. One of my, some of you know I work for a mission organization called Great Lakes Outreach, and um, we work solely in Burundi. And one of my jobs is to collect and to disseminate the testimonies that our Burundian partners kind of send in to us on a, on a bi-monthly basis. And it's one of the most challenging aspects of my job, not because of what I have to do, but because of what I'm reading. Burundian Christians, all of them, they live with extreme poverty. Burundi has become the poorest country in the world by a long way. Some new stats were released just a couple of months ago. And they are absolutely at the bottom of the pile. And yet, in, in spite of having nothing in worldly terms, the people that we work with have no doubt whatsoever about God's equipping power and presence in their lives and it challenges me massively so this week last week last week I was emailed a story and actually I've now seen a video of her about a lady called Marie and she described herself as a witch doctor and traditional healer and people would come to her for healing and she would sometimes heal them but she healed them by invoking demonic spirits and she knew what she was doing. And then recently, she herself got sick, really sick. And she tried all of her methods on herself. And she got worse. And she went to other witch doctors to see if they could heal her using their, their schemes, if you like. And she got worse. And she ended up close to death 
She was really, really sick. And then she heard that there was a gospel rally being organised in her area. One of the, our Burundian partners organises these gospel rallies and thousands turn up. And in spite of her identity as a witch doctor, she decided to go to the gospel rally because she knew <laughs> that when Christians prayed, the prayers got answered. <laughs> I just I find that extraordinary. And so she went... She managed to get herself there. She asked for someone to pray for her, and she was healed instantly. And at that moment, she made the decision to accept Jesus as her Lord and her Savior. And this is what she wrote. I praise the Lord for saving me and delivering me from the shadow of death. I am in joy, and I live in total freedom from all that the enemy hurt me. And I find that a remarkable story, because the guys there have no qualms about saying Jesus is the only way. And they will minister in his power and in his authority. They know the authority that they have. They have nothing in worldly terms, but they know what God has given to them. That's not an isolated incident. This is the stuff that I'm reading week in, week out. And it blows my mind. It blows my mind. And it challenges me. And what challenges me more than anything else is that that is normal. <laughs> it's normal. And I think it's normal for two reasons. First of all, those who belong to Jesus are confident of their identity in him. And secondly, and I think this is even more important, they're not frightened of offending anyone. I think... That's key. I think we spend so much time worrying and stressing about what other people will think that it paralyzes us, and that's what stops us putting our faith into action. We're so scared of upsetting people and offending people that we don't exercise authority for fear of losing a friendship or whatever it is, or for fear of being criticized or for fear of looking stupid. It's all about worrying about what other people will think. And if we can stop doing that, and I, I don't, I need to, I'm talking to myself here, please believe me, I am talking to myself. We worry so much. We live in other people's heads rather than listening to what the Lord is saying and just being obedient to him and using what he's given us. And so if we come back to, to our verse, grace and peace to you from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is demonstrating it, that he's confident and secure in his identity and his calling. But he's also aware of the power of his words because it's not a platitude, because he means them. He knows that those words to the the readers and the hearers of what he's saying will have an impact. It's not a nice sentiment, it's an impartation. He's actually imparting reality. He's imparting both grace and peace. Come back to the slide that we had at the beginning. No grace, no peace. No grace, no peace. And he's imparting the reality of that to the people who see his words. And we have the power 
to impart grace and peace. We carry the power to impart blessing and healing and restoration and truth. We all carry it. And we're all called to impart that to those around us. And by impartation, I mean that we can minister all of those things into the depth of a person's being. So when I talk about being agents of change, I really do mean it. It's not, that's not a platitude. That's not just a phrase. I really mean it. Because when we speak out and when we pray in our God-given authority, things change. They really do. I, I came, when I was prepping this, I came across another quote. I haven't put it on a thing. I should have done. But it's from... Um, Charles Spurgeon, and the language is dated, but it's, it's so true. He says, blessed men scatter blessings. When the benediction of God rests upon us, we pour benedictions upon others. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about how we can impart what we carry to other people. That's what Spurgeon meant by that statement. And I love that. We are so extraordinarily blessed. And so we have a choice to be confident in it and to actively choose to bless others. I don't just mean by being kind, although that's important. <laughs> but I, I mean by exercising our authority and being the agents of change that God has called us and designed us to be. And that, that means being really intentional. And it means, fundamentally, caring less about the opinions of others. Shall we pray? <laughs> Father, I want to thank you for what you've put into every single one of us. I thank you for your gift of grace. I thank you that we can walk in peace. And I thank you that we have an extraordinary authority given to us by you. And I pray, Lord, for every one of us here today that you would help us to be intentional this week. And not just this week, but intentional, moving forward to make that choice, to impart to others what we carry. That when we see sickness, we will pray when we see need, we will pray and we will share your good news with those around us. Lord, I ask for myself and for all of us here, grow our confidence in all that we already have. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>